0: This is the Samurai Who Talks podcast with me, the Samurai Who, talking to you. In this episode, I'll be rambling on about the web. The elusive web. The web that connects us to each other virtually. Yes, the one that was created... A long time ago in a not so distant well I guess kinda distant lab somewhere in CERN. I believe that's where it came from. Uh, Sir Tim Burns Lee something like that. I think that's the guy who did it. Before that there was the intranet and then the DARPA net and whatnot. DARPAnet was the precursor in a way, and then there's it was the one that's developed by DARPA, which is the uh, R& d arm of the military in the US. And then there was one that was that connected universities together. The big universities that is. And then you have the one that connects me to you guys. And of course I'm using guys in a uh, general gen general neutral gender neutral fashion. At least that's what I've been used to here in the Pacific Northwest and at least with the people I've talked to uh, I don't really hear the word gal much and that might just be another framework (laughs) knowing these web frameworks uh, always springing up everywhere my relationship with the web started I think in the late 2000s yeah what was the first thing I looked up on the internet I don't remember I think I was on an XP machine and we were just getting this images from somewhere in documents and things were in raw HTML and stuff like that and then that machine broke because it was free yeah that was fun but back then all I cared about was playing these so called flash games I didn't even know what flash game was Go on miniclip.com. Back then, when you can make tons of money on uh, a livable wage making Flash games, just remaking <laughs> classics that I would uh, later learn were classics. Yeah. and my relationship with developing on for the web started in high school uh, very late in my career in high school and i was just making stuff in dreamweaver adobe dreamweaver Didn't really understand it, didn't really get it, didn't like it. Thought web development was not for me. And then in college. College, they don't teach you how to work on the web much. Uh, Not really. At least the college I went to. But the web is core and what really drives what I consider early career development as a software engineer. I'm still trying to make it uh, myself in the early career. It's been kind of hard. But all I know is that there's a lot to the web and it's ever-changing and It's difficult to balance the old "are you now" legacy versus chasing the shiny object that ultimately does nothing for you. I suppose maintaining that those key aspects of computer science are critical. You know your data structures, your algorithms. your systems knowledge your networking knowledge yeah there there's just so much to know about the web and more and more i am enjoying it and especially learning on my own because i learned it in a, cl- a couple classes it was a good start but i didn't really get it it didn't really click it seemed like there were steps that were skipped that I really wish could have been bridged much earlier on. And things would have just made sense. Maybe I should have read the book more. Maybe I should have remembered it. Maybe I... But now I realize that I've touched so many as- technologies... Uh not really PHP yet but maybe that will change we'll see but I'm a Python head I, I like Python and that's the language that I know and love and you can make web stuff with it using Flask or Django but I also Appreciate me going through Free Code Camps curriculum, um, going from the ground up, HTML, CSS, JavaScript, vanilla JavaScript. Now, do I remember everything? Uh, No. If you ask me to build a website fresh from scratch, I'm going to use some plugins in VS Code. But all these technologies are pretty old now. And the way they've developed is crazy. I hate the name JavaScript. Not because I dislike Java. But it's because it's misleading. Freaking marketing people. Can't live with them. You can't live without them. Some... Software engineers might say otherwise, but <clears throat> the without part, at least. Uh, but HTML five is very interesting. Learning about um, how it's basically just constructing the framework. Oh, well, l- let me not use the word framework. It's the scaffolding that shows you everything, like your browser renders all this all these styles, does all these interactions with scripts, be it clients or server or somewhere in between. Like sure, you look at it and you're like, oh okay, front end, you know, stuff. Okay, that's pretty cool, you know. I'm I'm relearning I'm learning React properly for the first time. Uh, I I barely scrape by learning first time for a course but now i'm learning it on my own it's making a lot more sense now taking it slower 10 week courses are too much crunch especially when you have 3 of them uh and you're a person like me who's a slow learner oh well, also, like the technologies move fast, and i I've learned a lot about developing on the front end now. hopefully, I'll relearn how to use node correctly, how to work with flask or Django, but the quintessential thing that I've been learning is that I need to keep building stuff even if it's not good even if it doesn't cover all the cases even if one of the things that might be uh, surprising is that I've played with Elm a little bit and I do enjoy Elm maybe I'll go back to Elm or try some of these other Things like a uh, reverie that looks interesting, but I have uh, some experience with uh, infrastructure as well. Uh, not so much uh, virtual machines, um, deploying virtual machines or distributed networks necessarily. But I have touched my toes in uh, Docker, Kubernetes, uh, AWS, GCP. I've created a quote-unquote REST API that I fo- followed a tutorial to create I've done a tiny bit in GraphQL UI UX design that's a whole nother beast usability and accessibility another beast all UIUX design and usability and access are critical if your app doesn't look good if the experience is horrendous if a user needs to click five times to do a simple task there is an issue if the user can't tell if a thing is uh... good or bad because you chose the same type of values for red and green that's not good that's not accessible if there's no screen reader if there's no um what's the what's the uh, attribute um there are no labels on things there's no uh, alternate uh, text Um, gotta make it accessible but it's difficult when you're trying to build it like a side project and your goal is to build stuff quick make them break and fix them and still try to have something to show for work. Also having responsive design understanding networking uh, well because uh, you know you can get attacked you maybe need to figure out some engine X to do and content distribution networks CDNs and figuring out how to just it's never been easier, but it's never been more complicated like one in a way, you as a person are much more empowered today than ever before. You can spin up start up in a weekend, not that you would reach profitability necessarily uh in a weekend. Not that you would reach too many users in a weekend, but because <clears throat> there's a lot of stuff to do. There's also databases like SQL, NoSQL. I heard that there's a, another one called New SQL. I think it's by Amazon or something like that. Using Memcache, uh, Redis, and then making a CI/CD pipeline and of course you know don't forget testing you know test driven design uh no development there's so much stuff there's so many technologies react versus angular versus vue versus uh i think ember js is another one um choosing also choosing uh, skills like should I learn React because it's so present or should I use Elm because it's much more nice to develop in because it has certain guarantees uh, but React can be purely pure, uh, functional. I I don't know too much about React at this point but it seems like it's a purely functional model as well but it doesn't have some of the niceties that Elm has by being a descendant or, um, inspired by, uh, Haskell, uh, not that I'm a Haskell pro or anything, uh, I do enjoy some Haskell, uh, it's, I haven't figured, wrapped my head around monads yet, but, uh, that's something to, uh, do <clears throat> another thing on my list. There's also other cool technologies like uh, and languages, of course. there There's Deno, that which is gonna be a, which is I suppose a uh, Node uh, alternative. There's jQuery, which is old but kind of built into everything. Ajax for asynchronous calls sass and scss and all that jazz there the web is to me i it's the web isn't new but it is Ever-changing. So in a way it is old. But keeps reinventing itself so it becomes new. It's like you're in the middle of the ocean. Only when you reach the shore do you realize how vast it was. that you were riding the wave the whole time and how much it has changed you in your position in space in the world and yet you've reached some type of transition that may have been slow may have been fast but it was ever changing. It never stays in the same place. And I think, by the very nature of the web and of the power and impact of these. Technologies. There's such a vast array of frameworks that you can pick and choose that now we're at a point where there is a direction that everyone is generally moving in, but that there is divergence at almost every possible point. I don't think it's, I guess it's kind of like a big bang. Like, There's not really going to be a point of convergence necessarily, but there are going to be paths that are crossed when it comes to the web. Because really the web to me is just a technology that connects people. People to people, people to services, people people to businesses, people to... information information technology that's what it is like you can buy this thing on your phone this thing that like for example a meal you can buy and in a little bit of time you'll have the food which is absolutely incredible Because before, imagine if you had a specific, a bespoke device just to order a meal. And that device came with a manual, and then you had to punch in codes and whatnot. But now it's maybe even one button and your order is ready and your food will be on its way and you can track it and all this stuff there's so much data so much information collected informed and distributed in in no time flat I've seen the world change and For me, I just see the internet as the great liberator and the great wasteland. In a sense, it liberates us to be able to, given time, learn to understand and utilize it. I think it's similar to the way I view computer and web security before you knew there was danger right but only when you started looking closely and studying it did you realize how much danger it's like that um... Dunning-Kruger effect where you start up and you're like you have kind of high confidence then you hit the honeymoon phase and then suddenly everything drops and then for the rest of your journey you're trying to get back to where you were in the beginning like the confidence versus the realization I think that the web shows us how strange the world really is. Like, I imagine a world where there's not necessarily censorship more like self-censorship of course there are things that shouldn't be shouldn't exist but I feel like the internet is a great equalizer because it gives us the ability to connect to people and broaden the horizons of connecting worlds basically but it's a wasteland because at times it feels like absolute anarchy in the worst it feels like mad max essentially everyone out for themselves things that shouldn't happen happening danger at every corner it's a mad mad world out there and yet for the most part, people are nice. People are generally nice. There are always going to be those who want to destroy everything. Just for the hell of it. There are also those because that are jaded or um, have their misgivings. the web in it gives us great power and each and every day it both takes and gives it takes away our agency at times treating us as another data point when originally it was just a transaction between people a conversation a deal, an order, but now it's become, it's become something no one can ever really put back into a box. A world where, I suppose, things are made fast, break fast, and sometimes, or oftentimes, never patched, fixed, or rewritten. I'm an offender of this. It makes the web dangerous, but it pushes us forward. It makes us realize the flaws and we'll build better tools. We'll build better processes. We'll build better ideas, theories, techniques, standards to make the web safe I just hope that there's a way for us to enable everyone to participate in the web in necessarily a uh, even playing field because That's never going to truly happen. And achieving such would be kind of. has potential pitfalls that I'm not sure have been fully uh, thought out. But the web is incredible. Still, despite its dangers, its legacy, and its future. Because if you have time to listen to this, you can build something on the web. You can get out a code editor, be it even notepad, Notepad++, VS Code, even Stinky Dreamweaver. If you use Dreamweaver, I hope you have an enjoyable experience. Because I didn't. You can pull it out. Write a little bit of that index.html. If you want to style it, style it. With CSS or whatever. If you want it to be dynamic. Or have interactions. Handle events. JavaScript, TypeScript, Python, whatever. Use templates to make it standard style. Or framework or whatever. Library. And in almost no time flat. You'll have a website. It may look ugly. It may not function properly. It might not be secure. But at least you created something from nothing. The web is a miracle. It gives opportunity to many of us. It allows us to be helpful to others, to provide for ourselves, and pave way for a new wave of change to a new web. I say this when I hear the metaverse coming up but I am skeptical about the metaverse I believe that the next version of the web will be something we cannot predict and I hope that it becomes much more open much more free much more independent and user friendly. This has just been a kind of conversation about the web, and one of the segments that I like doing is the artists and the musician of the week <clears throat> so the artist is James Gurney he's a painter and a teacher and above all an artist he's created some great designs and paintings I've seen. He created Dinotopia, of which I don't have much experience with, but I've seen amazing artwork from that, uh, from his work. And I hope you check him out. He's on Twitter at Gurney Journey. So, G U R N E Y, J O U R n-e-y that's his twitter handle and feel free to check him out he's a professional who's been in the industry several times my lifetime (coughs) so check him out and for the musician of the week is Jonathan Colton a musician that I have listened to for longer than a decade, but have been actively recognizing him uh, for a, almost a decade, by name. Uh, he has created wonderful songs, including that song from uh, Left for Dead, uh, re your brains uh, uh was it skull crusher mountain features soon but the track that is featured is one of my favorite tracks by him code monkey i recommend you check out his music it's on spotify i believe and uh YouTube. I think he has a band camp. I think he has a website. Yeah, check him out. Check these two uh, two uh, artists. One musical, one visual. Uh, out. And thanks for listening. And I'll see you next time. Have a wonderful day. Morning, evening, whatever, twilight. I'll see you next time. Bye.